0: The FujiCast is an independent loading zone production. Before we get to wedding season, domestic bliss is the sort of stuff that we talk about. <laughs> we we were talking about Barney with his trotters last week. This week, Albs he's now walking home alone, home alone by, by
1: himself. Yeah. Oh my god, it's like he's, like, a, he's all grown the, up. He's all grown up. Uh, yeah, he's all grown up. Easter is normally when they do it. Yeah. The year sixes or sevens or whatever they are in the last year of primary school. Normally in April, they say, right, you can, it was, as long as your parents are happy, you can walk home from school by yourselves. Yeah. But this year, they just, on Monday, they just sent a letter home saying, if you're happy for your child to walk home from school from tomorrow, you can. And I was like, whoa, 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 I am not prepared for this. I'm emotionally bankrupt <laughs> right now because I like going to the uh, office. I like going to the school at yeah. 3.20 every day. I pick him up, I bring him to the studio. He sits here with me and trashes the studio in 20 minutes. And now, all of a sudden, he doesn't need me anymore. No, he's, he, like, that's
0: it. He doesn't need, because what he's doing, he's leaving and he goes to the pub and then he goes home. Oh,
1: my word. I am literally, they were like, yeah, it can happen tomorrow. I was like, no, 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 no. You do not understand. <laughs> not on my I need watch. Good six weeks preparation time for this <laughs> huge monumental i may never go to the school again oh kev i've been going well, since rosa was a teeny weeny oh,
0: bit. what are you going to do the day that he says uh, the day he comes home f- f- from from the pub the first time a little bit worse for wear
1: Oh, well, as long as it's not my money he's been spending, I don't mind, because that's what he, he came. He came to the studio yesterday. I said, you make sure you're here by 3.25. Yeah. They finish at 3.20. I said, 3.25. He came charging in, brought his friend Charlotte. That's a bright red, puffy, because they've been sprinting. And they got. we got here by 3.25, Dad. We got here by 3.25, oh, Dad. Oh, that's. And I have five pounds, to go to the co-op. <laughs> Going,
0: that was the next word out of his mouth. I tell you what, that's going to back rub you. The Fuji cast. You're already spending enough in the car, aren't you? financially. Yeah, financially. How, how much do you spend in the co-op a week? I, my, my, Not hundreds. Oh, hundreds. No, it must have gone down a bit since the since uh, the idea of popping
1: out to get another crate of yeah, beer. Yeah, that's true. L- less than a, less, so, basically hundreds minus six bottles of wine and 25 beers whatever
0: that is what on earth are you spending your money on if it's not the alcohol now okay? oh everything god right uh, welcome to the FujiCast you and your questions from our electronic mailbag and of course also through the FujiCast private Facebook group that you're welcome to become a part of send your mails to click at fujicast.co.uk and of course um, we have a thread in the uh, Facebook group if you'd like to leave your questions there if you're not a Fuji film shooter don't worry, it's a big community. Whatever flavour you shoot, even if it's a um, you're very welcome. Right, uh, we did bump, bump bump to the fronts uh, last week, Kev, but um, yeah. I don't think we've got any this week, have we? Nope. We're, 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 we're back to normal on that one. Um, oh, and our guest today is Lucy Hamadzea, the street portrait and commercial photographer. So, questions, Kev? Facebook. Okay. We do, we do, um, at this point, I know sometimes we do say, um, we need questions, but we do. I know sometimes you wait for somebody else to send one in first, but send one in, send one in.
1: John Kelly. Now this is, uh, this is a, strap yourself in. Okay. This is a contentious one. He even starts by saying, I, I have what could be a contentious question. Oh, nice. It must add that these views are my own and I don't wish to cause an argument. I love it. Like it's on Twitter and stuff like that, isn't it? (laughs) My my views expressed are my own and not representative of my employment
0: yeah but it's also when when, when people say with due respect as well it's, sort of yeah. not, it's never with yeah. due respect somebody says with due respect you think there's, there's no respect and it's not due
1: I don't mean to be a yeah you know they're about to be whatever. I, I don't want to be. be rude but yeah. we normally get that at dinner time with uh, with
0: Jack and pasta <laughs> I don't want to be rude mum but I don't like pasta God, a bit, a bit like me. you with, uh, with Albie walking we've recently gone from mummy and daddy it's now firmly mum and dad oh yeah yeah, and we that, lost that a long time That ago. felt like the end of an era. And I know yeah. some families st- still, you know, are, they, you know, you get grown-ups that say daddy and mummy. Yeah. It's normally posher people, though, isn't it?
1: It is, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is, you're right. And then if they're super posh, it's ma or pa. And
0: Level, it, levels of Sometimes posh. mother.
1: I don't like it when they refer to them as mother. Yes. That sounds too impersonal to me.
0: Oh, do you think so? I think it sounds a bit
1: Victorian. Yeah, maybe that's that's better yeah. description for it. Anyway, yeah. I,
0: don't, I don't want to be rude, but what was the question?
1: <laughs> right. Um, well, I'm, I'm going to try not to be contentious, but oh, okay. um, <laughs> am I, and this is not me, this oh, is not no. the royal eye, this is John Kelly, who's writing the question. Stand by, the everybody. Only one, the-, the only one that thinks Bruce Gilding contributes to street photography being shown in a bad light in some places. Whilst I have no doubt that he must possess some skill in photography, I think that his name and fame has been made by the sensationalism rather than his skills and the fact he shows little respect for his unaware subjects. I'm all for freedom to take images in public, but even as a street photographer, I would struggle to not lump him one. Uh, Have you met Bruce Gilding? I wouldn't lump him very easily. Any thoughts? There are so many brilliant photographers that far exceed him yet never get the chance. Many thanks, Bruce Gilding do you Disgust. remember
0: last week we were talking about joe busink skip cohen and mm-hmm. uh oh, dennis reggie weren't we mm-hmm. and and uh, though though you didn't say it there's the suggestion that of course they come from the old guard and maybe the reason why there aren't well there were many reasons you suggested for there not being a wedding photography but one, one of them was that you didn't necessarily feel that people would would buy it these days that they've got youtube etc um but, but one of the other reasons was maybe these names are, are not so relevant to... Uh, oh, I don't like that word, relevant. My brother-in-law used that over, over the New Year period, Describing everybody we were watching on the Hootenanny, not relevant, not relevant, not relevant. <laughs> I love the Hootenanny. Yeah, I love the Hootenanny. It's my, it's, it's New Year. It wouldn't be New Year without the Hootenanny.
1: It wasn't so good this year though, was it? Because it wasn't. The, no, no, it wasn't. They, they were shortened and they yeah. had that ridiculous social distancing thing going on that the yeah. else was doing on New Year's Eve. Yeah. Yes, that was a bit strange. But and what's his name is really drunk. Who the oh, or the comedian? Vic Mortimer. Vic mortimer Yeah. Oh. Yeah, Vic
0: Mort- Was yeah. it Vic Mortimer? No, Vic really? Reeves. That's no, Bob Vic Mortimer. Reeves. Vic Reeves. No, <laughs> Vic Reeves. It was. It was Vic Reeves. Yes, Vic, Vic Reeves. He's Always on it. He's, he's on it all the time. But this year, uh, yes, he was a bit worse for wear. I
1: thought. Yeah, he was a bit. Out of, he was a bit off, <laughs> off in, anyway.
0: <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, uh, Joe Skip and uh, Reggie, not you know, and and maybe now that there's a new draft of really good skilled street photographers that you could say the shock tactics that, that i think everybody loved so much about bruce gilden are not perhaps as i don't i'm not going to use the word relevant because of course they're relevant but maybe they've lost their shine yeah
1: maybe uh yes i, I mean i agree with you totally um that, just thinking that joe skip and reggie that could be a 1970s folk band couldn't it, <laughs> it could be a joe skip and reggie <laughs> uh yeah yeah yes i i definitely uh, i think that to a, to a certain extent I, I agree with john in terms of the shop tactic is is not everybody's cup of tea for sure no um I do think there is an element of um, skill involved in that, but I, it's not my. I'm not going to open a Bruce Gilden book and look at those kind of shock street photos. That no, doesn't really no. interest me so much. However, is, is what skill? I will say is, is: it
0: skill though, Kev, or is it brashness and nerves?
1: I think it's a skill in terms of understanding the lighting. He's, you know, he needs to know. Um, uh, he needs to spot the subject. He needs to identify somebody he thinks is going to be interesting, but the, yeah. mostly the lighting because you know he's he's using in some cases a double ended. That's true. So yeah, flash up, yeah. flash down, all of that. So there is skill involved. Yeah. But if you look at his, some of his other work, that isn't so much the street stuff, um, like uh, his uh, his portrait work and uh, the stuff in Minneapolis, I think it was, of the travelers. That's quite it's very brutalist work, but again, very, very skillful, um, very detailed close-up portraits of people on the fringes of society and perhaps there's a little bit of some people have accused it as of being exploitation but others have, have lauded it for um you know being uh, a way of kind of identifying and, and you know and exposing the situations that these people are in so there is a there's a lot of strings to bruce Gildin's bows and it's he is, you know, John's right. He is mostly known for this kind of brutalist uh, element of street photography. But again, what I will also say is, what you know, I don't want us to ever fall into this situation where all we ever see from street photographers is a, a lonesome silhouette walking into the corner of a frame, and you know, and yeah. because people are too scared to take pictures of people's faces, and I fear that's a route we may end up going somewhere. So uh, yeah,
0: Doogie Wallace is very similar on the li- similar along the lines of Gilden, isn't he? with his mm-hmm. approach. And he's a sort of a, a, our homegrown talent on that in that respect from the UK.
1: Yeah, again, on the streets, but remember they all they all also do um, you know, a lot of different stuff, elements of things in in yeah. society that's that's not necessarily just on the streets, flash bash in your face, bish bosh, bosh yeah. to the pub.
0: Have you ever tried that? I mean, with your street <laughs> photography, have you have you ever tried have you ever approached? I, mean, I know that inspiration sometimes can can lead you to try things that you otherwise wouldn't necessarily feel comfortable with. Have you, have you done that?
1: No. No. I always say to people on uh, when I'm at Shooting Street that I would never take a photo of anything that I would not be comfortable being in that photo myself. Yeah. yeah if, no, if, it's not my style.
0: If Bruce Gilden popped up, on the the streets of Malmesbury, just happening to be doing his latest book and went bish bash bosh with his double edged double ended uh, flash bang in your face what would you say
1: uh i'd say want to come to the pub and sign some books <laughs> uh yeah no i yeah and that's it isn't it i mean you 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 wouldn't like it it's simple as that nobody would would appreciate that they just wouldn't and some of the subjects are old i mean there's a video there's a documentary on on um YouTube YouTube, it's it's freely available I think we we have it on the video page on our website it's uh, Bruce Gill I think he's in Bradford in the Bradford shopping centre and there's this old woman that gives him a right going over she practically hits him with a handbag (laughs) Um, and then he talks to her and everything so it's um, yeah I mean no it's not my style not my scene I don't really enjoy it as such uh, I can appreciate where it had a place, it had a time, and I think maybe to a certain extent, it even it's even more relevant now because of the, you know, so maybe we do need a, a prince to stand up against the, 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 you know, the this mechanism, this this basically fascism of um, society that's saying you can't take pictures anymore. Maybe we do need somebody like Bruce to to say you
0: officially at the conference i've seen
1: him i've seen him he 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 pulls no punches
0: no he doesn't take prisoners have you have you seen him do a portfolio review
1: he does do portfolio reviews yeah Hmm. uh, magnum often offer portfolio reviews you can um if you go actually if you go to the magnum site and sign up for their newsletter you'll get a newsletter approximately once every three hours trying to sell you something but occasionally (laughs) you'll get the portfolio (laughs) review options and you can sign up they're expensive yeah, um, but you, and if you if you can get the right photographer, then it's it's going to be invaluable, isn't it?
0: I think if you do a little search on YouTube, you'll also find some portfolio reviews by uh, by Bruce Gilden. Uh, they're very yeah. good. They're very good, actually.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I I did. I had one done by Martin Parr. Ah, oh. um, and it was uh, yeah. I mean, brilliant. Absolutely are we, are brilliant. we
0: allowed to? I think we didn't we talk about
1: this? Case? Yeah, we talked about it. Before. What
0: did what did yeah. Martin say? I think he was quite, uh, quite good about you. Yeah,
1: he was right? reasonably okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I thought he was.
1: I didn't go away with too many uh, butterflies in my time. <laughs> too many bruises. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, I mean, yeah. If, uh, so
0: did you do that through Magnum, or did you do that through the foundation that you're on? No,
1: that was through the foundation, yeah, but yeah. The, the email, the original email came via Magnum. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, John Falavellita. Hello, guys. I've been listening to the show for a bit, but this is my first time writing in. Kudos on the show. It's a lot of fun. makes my Monday morning here in the States more bearable. Um, I have a couple of boring gear. They're never boring. Um, boring gear-related questions. How do you? So are you? Are you ready for these, Kev? Because these are really sort of um, sort of aimed at you, sir. How right. How do you find the XT4 versus the XT3? Well, definitely this one because I've never used the XT4. Is the autofocus better? How good is the Ibis? We talked about Ibis a, a lot of late, I know, but we can do that again. Worthy? Is it worth upgrading from an XT3 if I see one kicking around? at a reasonable price we'll deal with that one first there's two questions
1: yeah so technically the autofocus speed is not is no difference um although some people were saying yeah it does appear to be so um technically i think the official line is that there's no difference because it's the same sensor and everything however i think that the ibis is really what what kind of makes that difference and so yeah we did talk about this last week and the week before i think yes basically i would upgrade i never thought i would and it was only when i borrowed one um that i i realized actually i should yeah and and you know what i'd buy another one i'm not going to because i'm waiting to see what else happens this year but uh and i I, you know weddings aren't really on the scene at the minute but if if i had a busy wedding series you know if i had if i had like four weddings a month now right now i'd probably be buying a second one
0: so would you work with two bodies? Because you don't necessarily. I've always had to work with the same same bodies. If I've got two bodies, I kind of know where I am. But you you don't do that, do you?
1: No, I'm happy with different bodies, but I'm noticing a difference. So the X Pro Three and the XT Four is typically what I will shoot with at the minute. Yeah. Um, and 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 the difference in bodies makes no difference to me. That that like literally nothing. But the difference in in results is noticeable now for me. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's an age thing. I don't know. Whatever. But. You know, it's it's definitely a thing. So I want to see what happens this, this year. Yeah. Usually the kind of second quarter of the year is when Fujifilm make announcements on what's coming. So I'm going to wait and see. What are you hoping for? Well, I want an X-T4 with... Uh, sorry, an X-Pro4 with IBIS. I want an, a new X70. Yeah, that's it, really. Do you want a new 35mm? Oh, sorry. I want a 56 1.2 with linear motor. Oh. But I can't... I just can't see that happening I really can't. I can see them updating the fifty-six one point two. I don't know if they'll be able to get the linear motor into it and still have an f one point two aperture. I, my gut feeling is we'll see a fifty-six one point four with linear motor.
0: Would you? You'd trade that off, wouldn't you? Surely.
1: Yeah. Would that stop. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Although the one point two has a certain character to it. That depth of field is beautiful. You know, it just pops. it it does make a difference 1.2 to 1.4 on APS-C I think you notice it more than you would on full frame yeah I I just can't see them getting a 1.2 and linear motor and keeping it reasonably sized the the linear motors if you notice the new 18mm and new 23mm uh, the 33 we've got no comparison with that but they're all bigger i want it and i want it
0: now says mullins yes,
1: yes. now give it to me now
0: i want it i'll stamp my foot uh second part of the question what is your opinion of the 1024 fujifilm lens specifically i'm rever- referring to version but uh version one this is but I-, I suppose this can apply to one or two since they are the same optically as i understand i love the focal length but under some circumstances that i can't nail down i get blooming around light sources it seems to be artificial light at night at mo- uh, the most, but it's, it's a weird thing to reproduce. I ran into a forum post that I can't find again that claims somebody at Fujifilm had said to shoot a, to, uh, an ap- aperture under 5'6", but that seems a little daft. Do either of you have any experience with this? Mm. I don't know. I've I've not had that.
1: No, I don't. I, I can't quite understand what, what what's the what's the crux of that question.
0: He's he's trying to work out I think here whether whether to buy himself a a version one or version two. Whether it really makes any difference. Uh, has it has it been improved to such an extent that that he should be concerned about it? Of the one or two in the ten to twenty
1: four. Oh, sorry, that's the bit. I missed. The ten to twenty four is yeah. the bit I missed. Yeah, yeah. that I suppose uh, that, that, was the, that was the important bit. Uh, yeah i don't have either i did have the 10 to 24 original one i sold yeah. it because i never used it do i tell you um, who you sold it to did you have you got it you, you sold it to me
0: I bought oh it. yeah
1: did you yeah oh, i knew i went somewhere yeah um, but no that one i had act- some kind of skill swap for it
0: i think yeah maybe we did
1: yeah i don't recall you ever giving me money yeah <laughs>
0: That's not quite fair, Kev.
1: <laughs> well, I think you, I, I remember something. I, I think you gave me something. Did we swap something for it? We swapped something. Yeah, I think so. But, something I, m- I, I, must have happened.
0: I know it's yours though because um, it's it's got that Kev used look.
1: Well, I never used it, so God knows how that happened.
0: Well, no, you um, must have done.
1: Oh, I might have used it right at the beginning. I don't know. It's, but a, it's
0: a fine I mean, lens. Put... It's it's um it's my film You're... it's my filming
1: go to. You're better to answer that question then.
0: Well, but I haven't used it too. You see, I've only ever used. To version one. I've not had this um, um, this blooming around light sources. I mean, I
1: can't imagine that the the correct answer is to shoot at f five point six or above. That that's not a good answer. If if that is what Fujifilm are telling you,
0: Unnoticed under five
1: six or under five six. I still think that's not a that's not a good answer, is it? Mm. Not a satisfactory answer if that is the case. Uh, if you're in the Facebook group, go to the Facebook group and ask the second brainiest person in the world, Carl. Here, <laughs> uh, he, he will know the answer.
0: Who is the first, Kev?
1: Tim Vine. Yeah,
0: I know you say that every single
1: time. Jeremy Vine, sorry, not Tim Vine. Jeremy Vine. Jeremy Vine.
0: Well, yeah. Tim Tim Vine's pretty good as well. We've we've had his jokes. Tim Vine last, might be we? third. Tim, yeah, Tim's third. Okay. All right, good luck with that, John. Um, have we got time for another question? Uh, have, we got a, have, we, have we got a quick question there? QQ, Kev, or should we
1: Q-Q, go? QQ, okay. Colin Monteith, uh, question for the show. Like it or not, but Apple revolutionised music with the iPod. They did. And then the iPhone, iPad. It's normal now to see an extension of that with Apple CarPlay and its competitor, Android Auto. Yep. Needless to say that they did the same with a bunch of other things on the phone, but in particular, the whole ease of downloading storing photos from a phone automatically with no issues at all is there a place for apple and android to license their software to cameras as the base manufacturers cannot get it right on a consistent basis it might revive the standalone camera business a bit so basically the apps mm. is there you know can they make the apps better uh, for downloading and stuff like that
0: it's a question we've had before i think we put this one forward to andreas haven't we really
1: we have Colin Monteith, for some reason, is no longer a member of the group. So he will not see the fact that I've answered. So I put my little emoji. I give him a love oh. heart as well. So yeah, I mean, uh, I think if you, if you listen to the, to the companies, they will say, well, look, you know, we're camera manufacturers. We are not. Uh, app manufacturers Mm. um, and that's that is true and where do you want their r&d to go do you want it to go into you know developing an app that only two percent of the people that use the cameras use or would you rather it go into speeding the the cameras up and making the iso better and all of that kind of stuff i know Mm. my answer to that is um so but yeah i mean the point is taken that you know, there are there is technology out there that does make these things uh, faster and quicker. And and you know, I, I I'm guessing that when when 5G becomes a, a thing, a proper thing, um, unlike it is right now, then we'll see a new wave of um of camera updates. That's my mm. my prediction. You saw it, you you heard it here first. Actually, you didn't. You heard it here on the podcast last year because that was my prediction then as well.
0: <laughs> it didn't so, happen then.
1: Uh, no, but that's because 5G seems to have like being gone, gone it's almost. Gone very,
0: it's gone very quiet hasn't
1: it on the 5g yeah i was well, really, we had no yeah. moms had no mobile phone reception for two months what none all of the the networks because they all use the same masts oh. um nothing like nobody nobody oh, no. it was ridiculous in mom's absolutely ridiculous doesn't explain why, why you didn't return a single one of on my calls i thought you just didn't <laughs> like <I> <laughs> um, but they were blaming it they were saying oh yeah we're upgrading the mass to 5g 5g and it never came um, which meant they didn't have to refund us our money because oh. it was an upgrade rather than a fault. Oh. Um, but now it's all working again. There's no little 5G symbol on my phone. Nobody's got 5G. They get you in the end. They do. They're coming for you, Marlins. They're coming for you.
0: Right. This week's guest is Lucy Hamadzea, who is a street portrait and commercial photographer. And of course, we've been speaking about her uh, during the podcasts. And uh, Kev got a chance to talk to her during the week.
1: Okay, everybody, today we have Lucy Hamidzada with us uh, on the show. So um, thank you, Lucy, for joining us. How are you doing?
2: I'm great, thank you. Good, good, it's good. good, All good, all good. I had a bit of a cold, actually, in the week. It lasted for two days, I was going to say, and it panicked me. I went into panic mode.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: but I'm all right now. It's yeah. weird.
1: I know. But it's like people have forgotten that colds were a thing.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm-
1: you're all good. So, where where are you actually based? You're in South London, I think you said. Yeah,
2: in Lewisham,
1: southeast London. Nice. Okay, and and regular listeners to the podcast will uh, remember that we um, we reviewed Lucy's um, book recently. I think it was probably November time, maybe that we we talked about the book. Um, Unfinished Stories is the book, and it's it's a wonderful. Uh, publication. And it's as much about the images as it is about the words, I think. Um, and that, that brings me on to my first kind of question, because on your website, there's a lovely quote that's on your about page that says, uh, for me, photography and writing are not just about capturing or scri- uh, scribing down a moment. It's about the freedom I have to make something unique. When I pick up my camera or my pen and notebook. It's about tapping into my vision, expressing myself, and using my imagination. I think like that's the most interesting introduction to an about page I think I've ever read. I think that's <laughs> wonderful. So um, are you a photographer or a writer, or just an artist? Um,
2: I'm, yeah, I'm an artist. <laughs> an artist. I mean, my, my background before... I guess, was always in writing because I worked for a travel company and I was doing their brochures and writing on their web content. And so I was looking at pretty pictures (laughs) and interpreting them, Mm -hmm. glamorizing them. And it was selling it was selling a dream to somebody. So I think now looking back at that, I think that's where my writing and my photography is now. Yeah. Because I look at something and I want to imagine what's happening. How can I make someone else feel or think something? It doesn't have to be what I'm thinking or feeling, but they interpret it as well. And I think that's the beauty of an image and words, because you'll agree or disagree <laughs> with it. or you know, I think we all all of us use our past to interpret. And mm-hmm. we feel and think about something
1: yeah i agree and and i think you know it was hard for me when i was uh, looking at your work and looking at the um instagram feeds specifically because that that i think is also very wonderful in that the the words are almost as important as the pictures, I think. Um, now, of course, most of the people uh, listening to the podcast are photographers, but I think, uh, you know, ultimately they are very much interested in this whole kind of art space, and, and, and that fascinates me. And, and I could never do that. I could never attach the same kind of uh, elegance of words to images as you seem to be able to do. Do you, when you when you go out shooting, are you first of all looking for the image, or do you have the thought process in mind of what you're looking for based on what you think you might be writing?
2: No, I'm, I mean I'm, I just go out shooting. If yeah. something catches my eye, if there's something going on behind a window, or I'm walking in the street and I see some hands that are amazing, it's all about the photography. The words come later, like yeah. like when I'm sitting back down, like it, after editing. Or even when I'm editing, just thinking, you know, what was happening in there. Or, you know, it's a lot of the time it's my thoughts and my feelings because I find it better to write than to say things out loud. Um, and then just imagining what they're thinking or feeling because we all have a story and mm. um, that's what I like. Lo- like Observing people's stories is the one thing that I love. Yeah. Um, just imagining, you know, what we're all going through.
1: Yeah, absolutely. and it, And it's... It's refreshing to see it done like this. I think in that you know, it's street photography is uh, to a certain extent getting a bit of a bad rap sometimes. You know, um, especially kind of pure candid street photography, and and it's uh, and I hate that. I hate that happening. You know, I think when you look at the work that you're producing and you see uh, the uh, the importance of it, really, in terms of the stories, and you know, it is it's art. There's nothing. Nobody could look at any of these pictures and think there was anything um, misconstrued about them. You know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Do you have any concerns like that Any at the moment in terms of the way that social media and press and everything is, uh, you know, kind of nagging at street photography? Yeah,
2: yeah it, I mean, it's a lot harder than it was three years ago. I mean, even before, even then, I mean, especially when lots of things were happening in the world, like. It was hard. It's harder to capture. It's, you have to be so mindful of everything now. Mm. Um, children is one of them. And I love taking pictures of children. Um, but I've walked past just recently, just so many little kids pressed up against the window and I, I want to bring my camera up and I can't. <laughs> I just can't. Um, so, yeah, that, it, it upsets me because, you know, the, these pictures you look back on, it's it's capturing a moment in time. It's documenting Life now, um, yeah. and yeah, it does upset me that there are so many constraints, even in in just you know not being worried about taking a picture of something that you see on the street.
1: Yeah, and it's just such a shame, isn't it? I agree, and oh. you know, we're gonna future generations will miss out on this this entire period of yeah. uh, you know basically pictures telling historic stories.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, but I mean,
2: I, I used to go on the underground quite a lot. I. Don't go on the underground anymore because people are so alert yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: it's yeah. like a heightened alertness and uh yeah I, I just i yeah i stay away from the underground now
1: <laughs> why why do you think this has happened i i i have a theory that it's because um you know basically everybody has a camera these days phones and all that kind of stuff you, you know yeah. if, you, if you look back at uh photo books and photography from even as recently as kind of the 90s but certainly if you go back to the 80s and 70s uh, it was if somebody took a picture of you in the street then you'd be like oh wow he's taking a picture or she's yeah. taking a picture what a, you know that's a great thing you know i must yeah. be special but now it's like why why are yeah. they taking a picture of me? Um, yeah. Do you think that's that? Is that a mix of social media or the just the general amount of cameras that are out there?
2: I think it, I think it's a bit of both. I mean, I've been called a spy. I don't know how many times. <laughs> 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 um, I think it is. I think just people are just so much more alert, and because of social media, some of them want to be captured. They think it's their moment of fame. They don't know where it's going to end up, and then others are just just a bit more suspicious why are you doing this? Mm. You know, and they don't, no one ever asks these days. They used to, they used to be kind of curious and now nobody, they just look at you. And Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've noticed the same. It, it, it's, it is a struggle. Um, however, you are, you still seem to be managing to produce <laughs> these incredible pictures. Um, and they told me about, so let's think about the images in Unfinished Stories, um, which was the book uh, released, uh, website 2019. So, um, it's been out for a little while now and, and it's, uh, it's obviously, uh, widely available. And there are some, when I look at the images in there, I think these are just incredibly, um, candid, but also creative. So are there double exposures in some of them? Is it simply, uh, reflection? I mean, it's just I, my favorite one. I, I'm kind of, Jumping ahead a little bit. My favorite one is uh, ones are the hands, you know, just the hands in coffee shops and things like that. I just, it just makes my mind wander and wander. I want to wander up this invisible arm and and see this character and think, what are they doing there? Where did their life go after they had this coffee? That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Uh, I know
2: I love hands (laughs) you'll love to find me just standing somewhere just behind someone's bottom (laughs) (laughs) like taking their hands because so many people have them behind their back and yeah I love I love hands there's so many textures like why do we carry a carrier bag the way we do there's so many ways that people will hold a carrier bag like entwined in their fingers on one finger um I find that fascinating so I've got a collection of those, those
1: Yeah, that is, that is amazing. So the, the, um, uh, like I said, the book, there's, there's all kinds of different types of images, if you like, mm-hmm. how did you curate it? How, how was the, what was the selection process like for that?
2: It was, it was pretty, I mean, there was this body of work. I think it kind of, it came together on its own, if that makes sense, because they were all quite intimate images Um, and I mean I guess everyone has an interpretation of what a street photo is and I I believe mine's a little bit more intimate than some Mm. Um, and so it was kind of there I mean the reflection photos they're all reflections they're not double exposure because I can't be bothered in photoshop and I wouldn't know how to do it (laughs) Um, and I I love they were already there the story was there so curating it was more it was easy in a way with the publishers who did a lot of the selection process I just sent them all my favorite photos and they picked them yeah um, so that was easy and the, the the sections were already kind of together and it was just a matter of writing something for each kind of section
1: did they did they not select any images that you thought oh why have they not picked that one yeah uh. and then they
2: picked a couple that I was a bit like why did I include that <laughs> So there are a few in there that I'm like, ooh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wish I'd uh, not sent that one. Well, and yeah, there are some that I love and then they're not there.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, well, I think they're all amazing. So don't, you, you don't need to worry about <laughs> that in that respect. But um, so that, that was the... Um, the publication but you've uh, I mean you your um, career as you said you started I think as a a writer or designer for a travel agency or Mm a travel firm Um, what happened how how did this kind of leap from corporate life into published photographer stroke writer stroke artist happen where did the crossover come? Uh,
2: Well it was made easy because Monarch went bust. (laughs) (laughs)
1: okay fair enough yeah
2: i mean i've been there for 20 years
1: they took some of my money with them by the way
2: (laughs) so so i feel so bad for everybody honestly um there's me pouring my tears on the day it happened and then there was all these people that were waiting to go on holiday yeah
0: um
2: yeah i've been there for 20 years um and I guess photography, I found photography maybe in like 2015. I mean, we always had cameras in the house. That was always, I was always quite creative anyway, and the job was creative. Um, but I, joy, I went to an Instagram meetup because I was actually super shy. Um, I, I would never have gone up to a stranger, I would never have done anything on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, my friends were all at work. There was nothing outside of work. And I had an eating disorder, which I had for quite a few years. So I was quite very introverted. Um, and just I was in mid-30s and I was like, I need something for myself. And so I went to a, an Instagram meet, um, which was the scariest thing because everybody there was so many people. Everyone was chatting and I was like, no, this is weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was the best thing. Um, and I signed up for every other meet in the future and I couldn't stop going to them. And it was just lovely just meeting and it was mine. It was something that I could do on my like go to. And I, I got so much confidence from that. Speaking to people that loved photography, mm-hmm. um, you had this shared connection with them. Yeah. And, and from that I just met I think I, I guess I was inspired by some of them who were doing street work who were going on the underground who were doing lookups and so I experimented um but people was something that I was always drawn to yeah
1: okay and I think um
2: I think, If you scroll back through my my feed on my Instagram, you can see that I was quite far away to start with from the person in the distance. And then I gradually got closer and closer.
0: And Lucy Hamadzea, the street portrait and commercial photographer, returns next week for part two of two episodes talking to our Kev. There's a fascinating conversation too. Over on the Photowalk edition of Photography Daily, the podcast, this coming Friday, John Carmichael made what's uh, considered to be, well, by many, the the best totality eclipse photograph ever. And he did it uh, from an airliner uh, at 39,000 feet under circumstances that... uh, he wasn't quite expecting and uh, he's subsequently gone on to be one of the focus photographers in sir elton john's collection this moment in time was for one day everybody just paused and every news network you can think of abc nbc cbs fox news literally everyone was
1: covering this positive uniting story and everybody just millions tens of millions of people came together and looked up and everybody, for a brief moment in time, became an astronomer. John
0: Carmichael is my guest on Photography Daily this coming Friday, wherever you get your podcasts or photographydaily.show. If you uh, like your country music, mark it in your diary that Kev is on IncapableStaircase.com uh, with his country music show at 3.30pm UK time as the, the internet radio station DJ Country Boyo. Kev will guide you through some of the most loved and most recognised country classics, plus some that aren't so well-known, too. Kev's country music show is on incapablestaircase.com this Thursday, 3.30 UK time in the afternoon. Right, back to your questions. Well, while the interview was on, by the way, Kev told me he was you were buying, what, Oculus or something? What were you doing?
1: No, has got one. albie has got an Oculus Quest VR system. Okay. It's amazing. You can just put your head in it and then disappear into an entire new world i go and sit in this uh yeah in this this Ski resort in the Alps. I've got got this lovely big house. <laughs> I can wander around. I sit on the sofa and I can watch Netflix like it's in a cinema through this. This, this it's, it's phenomenal.
0: So you're looking at a room as if it's a real. Are you physically yeah. walking? Um, do you know? What well,
1: you can't physically walk too far because you're you're restricted by the yeah. boundaries of the, of the room you're in. But yeah. you can does you it, can move around. Does
0: it work that out as well? Is it that clever that it knows how yeah. big your
1: room is? Yeah, you use the you use oh. the little handheld things to draw a boundary. Um, so you can draw boundaries and then, and then as soon as you, if you go out to that boundary or yeah. somebody comes too close to you, the screen goes off, but everything you see real life then through your, through your goggles, but it's in black and white. It's absolutely, and it's made by uh, Facebook. Oh, it's not made by them, but it, they bought it. So it's all Facebook. Um, the money's going to Facebook, but I have to say, oof, my word.
0: Where, where can you, so you've chosen to, to spend your life in the Alps. Yeah. <laughs> What, what, are there other places you can...
1: Oh, you go anywhere. Yeah, absolutely anywhere. Dave, my my friend Dave, who's in the office opposite, has got one, is, and he likes to go uh, wandering through jungles and things like that. And there's games. I play t- table tennis. like having a proper workout. Wow. Honestly, it's absolutely brilliant. And you get this tactile feedback in the in the receivers in your hands. So it feels like... And you can do top spins and all that kind of... It's, it's just mind-blowing. How much are the games? Well, the games are... It's not like... They're reasonable. So you can get... I mean, there's a whole load of stuff that's free. Yeah. And then you can get them for like ninety-nine P It's like App Store type stuff. Right. Um I mean you can get some that are more expensive. I think the table tennis one was like ten quid or something. But yeah, I mean it's there's one called well the one that um Albie likes to play, which I've played quite a bit as well, is this I can't remember what it's called now, but it's it's basically music and you get these blocks are thrown at you and you have to hit the blocks with the with your lightsabers effectively. Okay. And you have to hit the blocks and there's an arrow on each block so you have to either hit it up or down Or and the music's playing and then you get ones that come above you and you have to duck down and jump over them and everything. It's a real, so real that, work. workout, have, have you got two of these then so you can play each other? No, you can't. No, 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 no. You could get two and play against each other. But no, we, we've only got one.
0: Oculus. There we go.
1: Oculus Quest.
0: Oculus yeah. Quest. Can you sit in your, uh, is, there, is there a, pro- knowing how much you like them, is there a programme so you can
1: sit in a hot tub? Oh, wouldn't that be me oh no hey? i could wear it in the bath yeah <laughs> and then be in the alps oh, how, are get, how are you gonna get how
0: are you gonna get the bubbles you're gonna have to do the rest of the podcast that. by
1: yourself i'm going home sorry that's it
0: you sit in the bath blowing your bubbles in the alps looking out across the snow snow scene oh my word it's a whole new world kev yeah a whole new world Hey, yeah. you, you soon. do you know maybe so you, you'll be able to set scenarios in the not too distant future so you're doing stuff like can you imagine an oculus quest course on street photography
1: where it's the where, future i'm telling you yeah actually
0: you could be you could be you could be um referring back to uh, bruce gilden now you could be Jumping out in front of people just just test the water, f- you know. How, how does it feel?
1: Uh, honestly, you are right, and it's worrying. It's worrying, but I feel like that's the way that the world will go. Yeah, uh, for sure.
0: Why well, go out anymore? Just stay in and put an Oculus um, set on your yeah. on your bonson and
1: be in a yeah. be in a whole <laughs> new world. I do. No one <laughs> knew you'd just take it down the co-op. <laughs> I Wouldn't would need to take care. Could go down the court by myself. in the, in the world. <laughs> That's
0: it. Right? Questions.
1: Facebook. That's amazing. Um, I hadn't. I'm, I feel.
0: You know. Where have you been, Grandad? I do feel a, a little bit like that now. But so uh, back to back to questions. Face Facebook first. Then we've got. Um, do you remember a, a couple of weeks ago? Let me just find the email here. There we go. Um, a couple of weeks ago, Chris Layland sent in a a, list, a raft, a list of questions um and he's he's done it again which is fine so we'll have that in a moment it's the chris Layland moment which could be a feature of the show let's have a facebook question first though
1: okay so um steve bukert B- 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 K- B- K- I'll, bukert bukert b-u-e-c-k-e-r-t
0: we'll take that you've got it
1: discovered your podcast a few months ago and loving it Great Fuji film related content and great entertainment. A bit of a philosophical a bit of a philosophical question for you. We'll get Every that. time I discover a new photographer, YouTuber, yeah. podcaster yeah. that I respect and follow for photography inspiration, they almost always turn out to be from the UK. Oh. Why does it feel like the uh, okay? So I for context, I missed the first sentence out because it was a Happy New Year sentence, and I'm ah, and you still include the but, Happy New Year. Yes, but he did say Happy New Year from Vancouver. Oh, Vancouver. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now it makes sense yeah. uh, why does it feel like the UK produces a disproportionate amount of incredible photographers is oh. it a question of a nature over, over nurture thanks for all the efforts you put into the feature cast I must go as I'm off to a drink reception <laughs> damn it Got
0: <laughs> me <laughs> well don't you know uh, whenever you're born in this country instantly uh, you are given a camera it's what we've done since 1956 that's why next question
1: uh, it's an interesting point isn't it because I don't feel that I, no, I, I don't either. I, um... I feel like we do have amazing photographers, of course, yeah. and YouTubers and everything. Yeah. But, like, if I think of YouTube as a as a circle, you know, as a globe, I would say a vast majority of the people that I watch, and I don't watch too much YouTube in terms of photography stuff these days, not because... I don't think it's worth it but just because i i got sick of the well i got i got sick of the the, the americanisms of it I, I have to say you know and i don't well, mean careful, that to careful, be, careful careful no i don't mean it to be you know the whole kind of you know skateboarding and making coffee first yeah, and all of that yeah. kind of stuff i'm like I, that just but don't you think
0: though that americans and canadians because let's let's be honest here we think we're probably thinking peter mckinnon a
1: little bit you said americans and canadians in the same <laughs> sentence i know mm. i
0: know i know i know i know but there is there's something about the the lilt of speaking um with that tongue that kind of works when when you're on a skateboard or a, a one wheel or a boosted board that doesn't quite work when you've got johnny from england doing it well,
1: i tell you it's really interesting isn't it because i i, I watch a couple of um guitar YouTubers, and that that's this has been a whole new revelation so the things i watch on youtube these days if you go to if you went to my youtube if you logged into my youtube thing and you know it shows you suggestions yeah it will be guitars, judo, and that's it mostly. Um, chess has been bumped down to third, yeah. and then photography and all that. Kind of, I don't get any recommendations for that anymore. It's all it's all um, kind of guitars and judo, and that tells you a lot about my circumstances. Yeah, yeah, my, you know, my yeah. my kind of. Position, I suppose. However, Gemma said it the other day. You know, there was a um, a YouTuber I was watching, uh, a guitar player. She's a phenomenal guitar player, absolutely, and she. and she's an amazing uh, like musician, but she's beautiful, like absolutely beautiful. And she she does these lessons uh, and she's got like 11 million subscribers. It's, you know, it's a ridiculous amount. She's got probably more subscribers than people that actually play guitar in the whole world. Um, <laughs> you know, and Gemma's point was, I wonder, you know, if, the, if you weren't that good at the guitar, Kev, and you had a channel... I wonder how many people would be subscribing to see you sat in your. I'm kind of relieved. I'm relieved. Jumper in your small pants, playing the guitar.
0: (laughs) Well, if you were wearing your pants, Kev, I don't know. I'm kind of relieved that Gemma said it because for a minute I I, I was thinking. Warning, warning. Oh, no, this is
1: going to be a a nightmare to edit. I agree with her as well. I mean, it's. And it's the same with the the photography stuff. You know, there's. What I noticed about the. uh, For some reason, I started my YouTube. Stuff got infiltrated by. It seemed to think I was interested in young, good-looking men telling me how to live my life more fulfillingly. My top best five books I've ever read: How to make your life better, how to, how to, Ah. how to get out of debt, how to, you know. And he sat there with his quiff and his, you know, his thin belly and his, you know, Manhattan (laughs) mansion. And I'm thinking, this is, and he's got like two hundred and fifty thousand views, six million subscribers. And I'm like, nah, this is because of what is aspirational life and who he is and what he looks like. This is nothing to do with good content. For a while, though, you watched that doctor.
0: Um, oh, I can't remember Ali. his name. Ali. Ali. Yeah. Who? Who? Now he's a, an English doctor, and he is all about um, y- y- you know um, life choices and and stuff. And you you watched him. You watched him, st- him. Yeah. And and, and I actually, still I, watch. I, and, and I, and I, yeah. But I wonder why that, that's maybe why YouTube is now serving you up with how to improve your life, Kev.
1: Might be. But his his content was very different. And actually, I I don't so much watch his videos now, but I always read his. Newsletter, very, very interesting character. Yes, he is. So he, he's uh he's now ditched being a doctor. He's now a uh oh, really his job title now is an entrepreneur. He is a phenomenally successful. Um so and he's not annoying in that uh you know he he's doing anything wrong or yeah, right or no, anything like that, no. or you know, he it's just the this constant you know, um, how I make myself get up in the morning, I'm like what? Yeah. That's rub it. You know, you roll out of bed and you you put your socks on like everybody else does, uh, you know, and on all of this stuff. But I have to say, with Ali Abdul, I think his surname is, he has gone from zero to huge in yes, yes. in eighteen months. Um, but he
0: also had ways to study as well, didn't he? He sort of advised you on best routes to Which content. Some, some of that might have disappeared, of course. Now I suppose because uh, all that study note stuff was built around his his medical exams, wasn't
1: it? Yeah, his content was always good. That yeah. was the th- that's that's the reason why I liked it. There was annoying elements of it in that you know my life is perfect kind of thing. But actually, his content was always really, really, really good. And that's he never it, yeah. he never went down the route of doing the you know the the, the cutscenes and everything that was irrelevant. Relevant. So yeah, right. it, it was very good content, very well filmed, very well produced, all from the beginning. And good luck to him. I mean, that guy is deserves everything he gets in Al- terms Al- of
0: Ali, um, Ali Abdal is his name, yeah. Ali
1: Abdal, yeah, and he's yeah, he's very good. Uh, you know, it, it, basically, man, woman, beast, whatever. If you're good looking, you can get good stuff on YouTube. Do you think that's what it's all about? Yeah, it's nothing to do with talent. <laughs> 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 that's why that's why you've just been demonetized, and I'm next on the list. <laughs>
0: Yes, i i think i think it's all becoming abundantly clear to me kev <laughs> <laughs> oh dear the youtube career is over there yep. used to be a guy that we uh we watched let's not say his name but there used to be a guy that we watched who, who i i who was trying to be the english version of pete mckinnon pete mckinnon and casey neistat okay we're american and canadian the same sentence i apologize well, i'm not trying to upset anybody but but they look like they belong on boosted boards and one wheels and uh, motorised scooters and stuff. Do you remember the English guy that we used to watch that used to do yes. it? Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> just, it was like, don't do it. And I saw somebody the other day uh, up at Greenham Common at the airbase we, where, we, where we walked Barney, and um, he came along. And uh, honestly, look, you cannot, you cannot go on a motorised skateboard when you reach the age of 40. I'm sorry, it just doesn't work. It does not work. Doesn't work. It, it I does. go in an LV scooter. Do you? No, Kev. Yeah. <laughs> Do you wear the helmet and the knee pads and everything?
1: Ah. God, no. We've got we've got massive horses running around us. Ooh, your helmet's not going
0: to help. Uh, Scott Morrison, what? Well, I mean, should he be on his skateboard? Stop it. Yes, I absolutely agree with you. Stop it now, Kevin. <laughs>
1: What was the question, by the way? <laughs> uh, was there a question? It was about, oh, yeah, why are British people so much better than the rest of the world? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: and we don't believe they
1: are. <laughs> we don't believe they are, no. I think it's a, a perspective thing,
0: yeah. yes. Maybe it's a, like the grass is always greener sort of thing, isn't it? When you when you look at people in other countries and think, you look cool. That's, it's a bit like me with with uh, looking at McKinnon thinking, you know, fantastic channel, Understand entirely why he's, why he's got the popularity he has. But thinking, yeah, but you couldn't do it if you were an English bloke.
1: Is he, is he still? Because the last time I looked at McKinnon was about two years ago and he made a, a video on New Year's Eve and he said, that's it, I'm not making any more.
0: Yeah, but that was all. No, he's definitely here because look, one day ago, YouTube Shorts, make or break your channel. Oh, 130,000 views straight away. Boof. And um, six days ago, I got COVID. It was bad. 300,000 views. Boof, straight away. So there we go. Mm. Yeah. And then he's released definitely his, love watching that one. his everyday backpack. He's released as well. See, that's what you need, merch, Kev, merch. That's what you
1: need. Well, he did, he did that. Mullins um, merch. He did a full vlog every day, didn't he? His entire life was on there. Yeah. Um, well, no, that
0: was Casey. No, that was Casey. That's Neistat. what I'm on
1: about, Casey. Sorry, oh, I, I didn't mean McKinnon. McKinnon. Sorry, I meant Casey. I know McKinnon's still there. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, I meant Casey Neistat. Sorry, sorry. Uh, that's he, what I meant. No,
0: he doesn't do so many these days, does he, Casey Neistat? He
1: stopped about two years ago, and then he seemed to just that was it. He moved yeah. to. It didn't move to Florida or something, and then went... Well, to,
0: although the latest uh, videos are back in New York, hidden video camera in my custom glasses, 1.6 million views. Hidden? Oh, okay. Hidden All video
1: right. camera, yeah. Anyway, Steve Buickert, <laughs> Yeah. thank you for the question. I've given you my favourite emoticon, which is me in bed holding my little heart. Ah, oh, that's nice, Kev.
0: That's how much he loves you. Right, Chris Leyland. Now, this is a multi-question one, so it could take us through to the end of the show. Who knows? Let's see where we go. Otherwise, we'll have another... QQ of the FB. Hello again. Thanks for reading my questions. Sounded really weird hearing your own name on a podcast. Kev, I think it hit a nerve assuming you have scratched lenses. I apologise. He apologised to you, Kev. But uh, you don't use dividers. Don't get me started on the boxes. You don't clean your sensors. You don't use lens caps. You misplace 23mm lenses. No, it's a 35 uh, And you've lost your pancake lenses. You throw Lumi Muses on the floor, but you draw the line at scratch lenses. <laughs>
1: He i just don't have any scratch lenses uh,
0: i don't know what uh, you must have sort of force field around around them um so a few questions a few more questions clarifications on the last one sorry not margate cargate Collective. oh can't no you mean cargate collective the photographer uh,
1: so he, he asked us uh, he said how's your margate collective that's going right and yes i have no idea what you're on about <laughs> It's Cargay.
0: Mm. Well, maybe that would be successful, a Margate collective. Question two. He didn't even start with a one. We've sort of gone straight for two. Here's one to stir the pot. Kev and yourself have said before, so Kev and I, have said before that uh, if you were too ill or a family emergency stopped you from attending a client's wedding, you would stand in for each other, if you could. My question, though, is more for Kev. So, Neil, you can't do the wedding, and Kev says he'll stand in for you. Your client has hired you because you do a mix of doc portraits and group shots. Kev, you know where this is going, Kev, hates doing portraits and group shots. But would you make an exception and use some of your very limited smiles and do the portraits and the group shots? So this, actually, this is quite an interesting question because it, it, mm. it's, it's a wider question, this, isn't it? If you're asked to... Let, let's, let's turn this slightly on its head. Say, um, say one of our friends that does very highly star- stylized weddings. Maybe Sanjay, maybe Sanjay were were to say, Kev, Neil, I need you to fill in. I've got the lurgy, can you do it? Would we do it? Would we feel comfortable? And would we do it in the style that Sanjay does it?
1: Uh, Well, I would do it, but I wouldn't be able to do it in the way Sanjay does it. I mean, he's beautiful, beautiful portraits that he does. Yeah, I just wouldn't, no, I couldn't, he's far more talented than I am at that kind of stuff. Um, so no, I couldn't, I don't, I would not in any imagination expect Sanjay to say to me, Kev, can you cover a wedding for me? Because his stuff is just so far different. However, if you were to say to me, can you cover a wedding for me? And let's just say, I know you don't, you don't actually, I don't, you don't think you're that much different to me, but let's just say there was 10 group shots. I'd
0: probably we, do a few I, more portraits and groups. We,
1: we Yeah, that, hypothetically. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, I'd do them. i do them because, you know, I know that your kind of portraits and everything are, yeah, they'd, I, you'd, you'd be better than me at them, but I think I could probably reasonably pass. I, um, I think, Group I'm, shots, group shots, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think there's a slight difference. I mean, it's a very good point because would you, you would have to explain to the client, I think that obviously somebody else is coming and I would, you know, I've always thought, luckily this has never have, had to happen. Although it did happen once with the snow and Alistair shot it for me, but Alistair couldn't oh. get it, couldn't get there either. So he had to get somebody else to shoot it. Anyway, they liked the pictures and um, i went on to shoot the sister's wedding oh. so uh in which was in france and then they <laughs> and so yes you would have to you'd have to explain that it was a different person yes. and yeah. um you know but i would i would say if you were shooting for me i would say uh, my, my friend neil is doing it for me he's a very similar style to me you know you you, you nothing will be different on the day that's what i would say yeah. basically I, I think
0: i think clients i mean they would be pleased to have a, a wedding photographer there wouldn't they i mean the sometimes you see forums as some you know where they can't get they can't get a wedding photographer on that day mm. um it's interesting isn't it right at the start of covid all these uh, groups popped up to support each other and fill in for each other I, I i joined several i never got asked by one single um this is not me being a covid denier by the way i might quickly add uh, this this is this is not that podcast but I never, I never got asked at all. I don't believe many people dropped out of their weddings.
1: I know it happened. I know some people it, had, it it was an issue. But yeah, not not that many. Was, I have to say,
0: not to the number that we were all expecting, was it? I like. did
1: see quite a few people. Mm, no, I'm not going to say it.
0: <laughs> say it, say it. No.
1: Okay, I did see a, a quite a few people. I'll say it. Uh, I did say see quite a few people. I say quite a few, not many, a few, a couple <laughs> uh, using the the whole covid thing as an excuse oh. To, oh i i i'm not sure it's covid but i'm really not feeling very well and, and could anybody do my wedding for me tomorrow what and then you know on the on the the sunday or the saturday they're off having fish and chips down the beach i not covid it was a cold
0: that is not playing cricket
1: no don't no. talk to me about cricket
0: <laughs> <laughs> question three kev when are you going this is uh, i'm i'm saying this like i think he's writing it i could be wrong Kev, when are you going to pull your finger out and update the Ministry of Shadows? Don't worry about feeding the kids and paying the mortgage. We want to see more photo essays.
1: Yeah, it's a really good point. And I've got quite a few in the backlog. Basically, what happens in my life these days is, if I'm totally up to date now in my editing. Yep. I've got loads of other things I should be doing, such as the Cargay Collective, the yep. new theme we've got on there, F sixteen, YouTube, Ministry of Shadows, new workshops, uh, all of those things should be doing. But basically what I do is I sit in the studio and practice a guitar. And you go on that Oculus that's it. thingy. And then yeah. well, the Oculus has a home. And then and that's yeah, I just a noodle all day long, which is very bad. You noodle all day long. Yeah, and Gemma will be listening to this now going, I knew it, I knew it. He's not sitting there working. He tells me all the time he's working. He's blah, blah, blah. He's noodling on his guitar. Yeah, does Gemma listen? You shouldn't yeah, say Yeah, she it. always listens. You shouldn't say she these the First se- thing on a Monday morning, that's all I hear is my voice <laughs> you shouldn't following say these, up the stairs.
0: These secrets, <laughs> then you're giving your secrets away, Kev. Um, question four, I don't think either of us can answer this one. I haven't heard anything about Gump, the fact checker, uh, hmm. for a while. I hope he's okay, yeah. Or don't. Alan Gump, wasn't it? We, have, yeah. we haven't heard for a long, long – you're quite right, I hope. Alan, are you out there? Question five. If your calendar was free for six months and all your bills were paid, oh, that, that's a dream. Do you know of all the um, the lotto games that, that uh, you can play? The, my favourite one is not the one where you could win 185 gazillion um, euros or pounds. It's the set-for-life one where you would get £10,000 per month for the next 30 mm. years. Mm. I think that, I mean, you'd have more than you need. Well, in my lifestyle, more than I need. But it wouldn't, it wouldn't, um, wouldn't spoil you. You wouldn't suddenly go out and buy a, a pack of Jet Rangers and, and then start gambling unnecessarily, you know, every other Tuesday. No. Am I making sense there? The ten ten thousand pounds a month for the next thirty years just seems to me more appealing and not quite so greedy.
1: Yes, uh, I'll be asking this question the other day. Funny enough, it must be something that's doing the range in the schools. Would you rather? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> would you rather a um, one point five million pounds or ten thousand pounds a month for the rest of your oh, life, or I for see. thirty years? And I was like, just do the maths, Albs. What's 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 ten thousand times twelve? Hundred twenty thousand, like right okay so it doesn't take long does it before you're going to get to your one million I'm going to say that four or five years or whatever so yeah, think about ne- it never going to be as much years, as- 10, pounds is a lot more money yeah yeah but 1.5 million dad <laughs> like yeah i know <laughs> yeah. think about it yes. yeah but one point 5- imagine what you could do 1.5 million dad yes but think about it i know dad but what about 1.5 <laughs> <laughs> he's
0: not quite understanding that that is he
1: yeah
0: he'd, he'd want to win the euro millions wouldn't he really Um, so your calendar is free for six months all your bills are paid Um, the kids uh, are at university or wherever and uh, your your wives allow you to go anywhere what humanitarian project would you choose to be involved in home or away big or small what would you really want to bring to people's attention that's a very thoughtful question there is um there is something called the um and I only know this because of my involvement with the West African thing, which you know, which I talk about pretty far too often. But um, there is something called the back way, which is, I think, an unofficial route that that people take out of Africa um, that leads them across that hideous journey across the Mediterranean and then to take those journeys across Europe to end where they want want to be. And um, uh, they're the people that need the most most help before they start these journeys, which which often take their lives, um, mm-hmm. and I'd really like to be involved in the project that um, that looks after people before they join. I'm sure it's called the back way before they join that that so called back way. Um, there's some people doing some amazing work. That would be an incredible thing to photograph because it, it stretches the sort of, I think it's a mainly West African migratory thing. I think. Obviously, I mm. need to do a bit more work into this one, wouldn't I? But that—that's the one that comes to my mind immediately. Yeah, there's lots,
1: isn't there? I think for me, I'd be a bit closer to home and and just concentrate on the the poverty gap in this country. Yeah, I mean, it's just oh, yeah. insane. Yeah, you know, this and it's getting worse, worse. You know, just just getting worse. Everything's going up, but income's going down, and. For, for some people is it's unbearable and homelessness and all that kind of stuff in our country i know everywhere has homelessness yeah. but yeah i think that that's the kind of thing that i would like to try and raise more attention to somehow not sure how that's become the the mantra that
0: the kids repeat to me every time we walk past a shop if we're if we're together and we walk past a shop and it's boarded up or it hasn't been used for a long i'll always say oh how, how can we possibly have homelessness when we've got shops that we could, you know, we could put bunk beds in. Oh, Dad, you say that every single time.
1: Yeah, I know. Well, it's you know, it's real life, isn't it? And yeah, it's, I know, you know, I it's, know. Never gonna, it's never going to, it's never going to change. Um, but, but, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I do agree. I mean, it, it just seems to be getting worse. Uh, you know, I think I said this to you the other day, especially in the UK. You know, with the, everything going up and stuff. It feels like we're living the the Norway price of life, but without the Norway income and way of life. Yes, I heard you say moment. that.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: A um, couple more, just two more. Following on from
0: the previous question, which photographic essay, project, series, whatever you'd want to call it, do you, really, um, uh, do you think really made a difference to the people or place involved? I suppose this would be a
1: project that somebody else has done then, would it? Yeah, yeah, I think that's what he's saying. I think... um well, you choose one. I would probably say uh, Robert Frank's The Americans. Ooh, yes. Because that was... Uh, I mean, they didn't even want to publish that in America, did they? Because it shone a light on, on America as nobody wanted to see. And it's a similar kind of thing, really. It's you know, it's, it's exploring the boundaries of society, isn't it? And the difference between wealth and poverty, yeah. ultimately. And um, I think probably that that's what I, I mean. This was, I think they forced it. I can't remember the exact story now, but they forced it. It wouldn't be they couldn't publish it in America, so they have published it in France. And it took a couple of years before the Americans were able to access it. You know, and what does that say about, I mean, what does that say about your, your, uh, your government? If that's the, that's, that's kind of the, well, not the government. I'm not sure whether it was a government's decision, but society, if society are too blinkered to want to even see that stuff. And that happens everywhere. That's not an American thing. That's certainly happens in our country, all over the place. You know, yeah. it's, it's, um, uh you know we we kind of often think about the, the the burning of the textbooks actually you know what all countries are a little bit guilty of that kind of um attitude to not not as brutal as that of course but that kind of attitude to you know not wanting to see the warts on their own ass blimey kev i've never heard that expression before yeah i just made it up that's why
0: <laughs> well, pat yourself on the back for that one <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I I agree with you. Yeah, I, di- I didn't know that about the uh, the book you were talking about. I must admit, I, I I wasn't aware of that. That's um that's quite the story, Kev. Yeah. Mm. Um He does have a final question. Uh, do you want my address to send the XT3 to? <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: and he did say about the Cardgate Collective, and we are, as you will probably be well aware, publishing February. We're all on it. We're back on it com. There we go. And it's not the Margate Collective.
0: No. K-A-G-E. .co. Yeah, K-A-G-E. Cargo. Cargo. Uh, that's it for, um, for another week. Thank you very much for your... Uh, now, we really do need your emails and Facebook um, uh, questions now. So, uh, dig deep, please. Actually, I really, Chris Leyland. And that was... Um, I mean, know there were a lot of questions there, but it, it it did raise some some really interesting photographic points. So, thank you very very much for that. If you'd like to send them in, then uh, there's two ways to do it. You can put it on the uh, the Facebook thread, which which Kev uh, Kev looks after, and um, you probably should explain what, what what you mean when you say you put emojis up, Kev.
1: Uh, emoji, <laughs> yeah, emojis are little icons that are. Uh, i my my one looks just like me. I promise. <laughs> And you, and that's the way there you know is, your question's been answered. Of yeah, a <laughs> state of undress. I hope not. No, no
0: interest, <laughs> so uh, yeah so you can send them in via that or of course by the email address click of fujicast.co.uk music from blue wednesday supporting music from the incredible arts list.io and we will see you next week bye bye the fujicast is an independent loading zone production email the show with your questions and words of wisdom to click at fujicast.co.uk email any complaints and political nonsense to our wives who will deal with your company in their own good time and in their own good way.